In the immortal words of Marty Feldman, could be worse, could be raining. What is it with our cell in extreme weather anyway? After so many months, I was starting to hope I might be able to have something resembling a normal life. But here I am, back with the old team, in the middle of Afghanistan of all places. The only good news is we haven't seen any giant spiders, or people trying to kill us because we're Americans. Yet. And apparently I fell into a book again. I'd like to pass that off as no big deal. I've always had a tendency to get really focused when I'm working on something interesting. And translating that kind of cipher really does take a lot of concentration. Besides, it only lasted for maybe an hour or so. It's not like there's anything really out of the ordinary in Ellis's journal anyway. Sure, he wrote about Kaligati, but he only had myths and rumors, not anything substantive. The only thing that really bothers me is the gap in my memory. I didn't remember what the journal said until I reread my notes. I still don't remember doing the actual deciphering. I hope Rooster doesn't pick up on that. Before long, he's not even going to let me read the menu at a restaurant. Three ravens, three ravens with eyes black as night. Just look in their eyes, oh, don't put up a fight. They'll strike where you stand, a slow death you feel. Beware of the ravens or you'll be there next meal. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. When we last left our agents, they were gathered in Rowan's room on base Turner. The heavens opened up and water was pouring from the sky. We did have some questions about who Rooster's type is, but I'm not sure that those got answered. As another rumble of thunder followed up Rory's response. The agents have the laptop, or at least the hard drive of the laptop. They've got the vacuum-sealed flesh lumps, and they're possibly thinking of doing something with them, because they seem to tie into the bones, or so they think. It could be a herring, a particular shade of vermilion, or maybe not. Rowan has gotten to uh, tinkering around and connected the hard drive to the laptop. And there is a point of Eureka as she breaks the password code and sees that there is a bit of information available here for her. She definitely mutters, yes, under her breath as she gets through the password. So I'm scrolling through the information that Ellis had in his laptop kind of hunched over it as I'm looking down at my secured laptop. Well, it looks like we got a better idea of location, at least, from this. Uh, apparently, Kaligati is a village in the shadow of Varjita Mountain, which is about 40 kilometers east of Bob Turner. It's a tribal area right on the Pakistan border, well outside the small area where the Americans at the Bob Turner are allowed to operate. And he has some notes in here about the people who live in that village. Another village nearby, uh, Kel. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but that's as close as I can get. Uh, the Kaligati people aren't Muslim, Christian, or Hindu. They worship some old dragon god that has no name. 
They claim their dragon god is older and mightier than Allah. When there's no moon, they do terrible blasphemous thing before an ancient golden idol. New moon was like, we just passed it, right? I don't think it was just. Can you, uh, Rory, can you look I'll that look up? I'll look it up. Thank yeah. You. About 10 days ago. Is that about right for when Ellis left? Yes. Cool. So, coincidences. Yeah. They have lived in the Black Valley longer than anyone knows. The Zunils, an ancient people whose idol they stole, shunned them a thousand years ago. Uh, Zun was a draconic sun god related to Shiva. The Muslims of Afghanistan shun them now, and he speculates that the Kaligari dragon god is uh, attached to some fringe myth cycles of ancient ascended masters from prehistory. I don't know what that means, but it's there. There's some... Oh, look at this. And I'll actually like lean back and point at some scans, some photocopies that he has in the computer. This looks like it's from Victorian era. Colonel uh, Arthur Blythe Merriweather describes a Kaligati guru who explored states of consciousness that led to immortality but could be achieved only by near-death experience. The guru reportedly repeated the mantra in the native language of Kaligati, said to be unrelated to Erdo or Pashto. The reproduce—I can't read this, but it's translated as "death awakens the sleeper." And he says that the village vanished altogether when he departed. It sounds a little bit like a place that's out of time or space or other things that we've encountered. Okay, I've got one word. Yeah? That's not it. And I put up my hands through the hand thing. Dragons. Rory just sighs. Ah, I, who knows? Um, ancient gods are all, I don't know. We've certainly encountered enough of them to not Fair, fair. Dismiss it out of hand. Yeah. Are dragons that much weirder than what we've seen already? You're right. And, I mean, I don't know, it tracks Victorian. That was like Wild Westy kind of thing, right? Time? Yeah, about uh, late 1800s. All right, so wasn't Britain in charge of Afghanistan at that point? We heard something about that. They'd invaded. Well, yeah, that's what they do. I think that's why he was looking into that, because he's been looking... So this guy's a Delta Green. He built Delta Green, right? So he is looking into reports about the area. He finds it comes across somehow, we still don't know where, about Kaligati. Finds out a little more about it. He finds out where it is. He finds out the good time to go there. Sounds like on the new moon. And he decides it's too dangerous to take anyone, and he goes by himself. And... He was also suicidal and depressed, so who knows how that was adding into it. I think that's pretty obvious. He expected to not come back because the people there were going to do terrible things to or with him while he was there. But he was obsessed with it to the point of deep diving into this. Beyond just normal research. And also beyond normal death by circumstance. This was an obsession. Okay, here's a weird one. Immortality, right? Mm-hmm. And he was talking about his marriage falling apart, but he didn't say, I'm not going to get to see my son. He says, I'll never see my son again. I'm 
some maybe something happened to his son and he's looking for immortality to a way to I don't know bring him back or help him save him something like that that would be enough to get somebody obsessed with it wouldn't it sure yeah I'm now curious when I go back to the medical place in the morning I'm gonna see if I can't find anything about Ellis about any medical history there just to see if he was terminally ill I'd also be interested in any medications that he was on if he started or ended anything recently. If he was on antidepressants beforehand and then went off of them for some reason. Yeah, I think that's all stuff I could should be able to find out tomorrow. Okay. Well, we're not going to be able to go anywhere until this deluge stops. What else do we need to do? Just talk to the his friends? Yeah, we need to start... Uh, I mean, we have a pretty good sense of what his mental state was, I guess, talk to people and see. Yeah, because this is him, his own self-reporting on it. I would be interested to see what, how, what other people picked up on. Sure. And it seems like these two knew him best. And then we also need to have a word with uh, Yasmin and see about having them come along as an interpreter. Yeah, that should be pretty easy to arrange. I was thinking about getting uh, some uh, readings on this area, maybe mainly looking for radiation. Honestly, it might be a good idea to do that in the rain, because if there's anything airborne, rain will bring it down. That's a good point. And there's also whatever is going on that's messing up the electronics. That might also be connected to what's going on. How does that work exactly? Can you tell if there's an area that's around nearby that's more radioactive because that might be a good place to you know start looking well i can detect radiation levels where i am it's not something where you can necessarily find the direction or scan someplace far away oh well that sucks well it sounds like either someone's going on a walk in the rain or figuring out some other way to measure that do we know where this scientist fellow was before he came in with a broken ankle? He was investigating the EPA spill, wasn't he? That's why you're here, looking at River. Yeah, but that's supposed to be Black Valley. I don't think we had any information on the location. Well, Black Valley is Caligati, isn't it? At least from what I've... Exactly. Yeah, but it's about 40 kilometers away. Did he go all the way out there and come back? Uh, it sounds like he was correcting from wrong end. Was he rescued from there? Yes. Okay. So someone knows where it is. Yeah, I'm sure we could find out. Rooster, maybe you could ask around the uh, troops and see who was involved in that rescue. Yeah, I could start with uh, that Bryant and Graham. They were friends of Ellis and asked that while I'm there, assuming I can find him in this. I imagine this has driven any, everyone indoors, so it'll actually be a little bit easier to find people. They'll be less likely to be out wandering around. Yeah, there's that. Because, I mean, I look out the window again. It's not just rain. It is like sheets and buckets and a physical assault from what I'm saying. You see in the rain, standing in the middle of what we'd call maybe a road or the area between the buildings, right? You see, I don't want to call it an image, but you see a man shirtless in pants with his arms spread open in the rain 
does it look like anyone that I've seen, or is it just too distorted for me to get a good view on that? It's a tall white guy. It's not Zucker. Huh. Any of y'all recognize this guy? I say, gesturing the others over. I'll go take a look. It looks like the demolitions guy. Uh, Bull? Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, that, that looks like the guy I talked to at lunch. You can actually hear him yelling and laughing maniacally. And it sounds like he's yelling, you call this a storm? Okay. Um, you talked to him already, right? Yeah. He... Tag, you're it. Fine. This is due to pass in a couple of hours. Why don't we wait so you don't try to have a conversation over that? I say gesturing at the loud noise. Since when has anything weather-related cooperated with us and done what it's supposed to? Well, we're going to have to hope that it does because traveling in this is going to be nigh impossible. Unless you got a better idea, I'm running for the rec room. I'm going to get my raincoat. You brought that? Well, it's part of my standard gear. And the hazmat suit isn't? The hazmat suit is big, bulky, and heavy. So your raincoat is in your room, which is outside and down the hall. Are you going to open the door and go outside? Yes. I'm going to preemptively put my hand on any papers that might get blown about when the door opens and the wind starts. You open the door and it sounds like a freight train outside with the rain just coming down. You step outside and the door closes shut it's almost as though that he stepped away into another world. You get to your room. Because of how much water is being ejected from the sky, it coats you in enough to provide you with a substantial amount of soap. Do you really need your raincoat? Because you're drenched by the time you get to your door. No, but I want to go in and leave my phone and, and wallet and stuff inside. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you're a whole lot of wet. What would you like to do, sir? Yeah, I might as well just go out like this. You going to go talk to Bull out in the middle of the road? Yeah, I am taking my Geiger counter, though. Hopefully it's waterproof. Okay. We'll say that you have one of those clear plastic pocket things that protects it from the elements. Mm -hmm. Your readings are, are reading normal. Not even a spike. You know, it's still a little elevated, but nothing, you know, that makes the Geiger counter jump off the charts. You get down, and he's yelling, his arms outstretched. This isn't a storm! I've pissed more after a case of Keystone Light! Really? Startles looks over and goes, oh. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's kind of wet. No shit! You should be inside! Well, yeah, so should you. Uh, it's good for the soul, man. Let it all out. Just scream at the heavens. Anything. Come on! Put your arms out. I just yell. And he does that. He puts his arms out and just bellows. I don't know. I'm always afraid something might yell back. Wouldn't that be something, huh? Don't worry. If I yell at it long enough, it'll stop. Fuck you. You can't rain on me. It can't rain all the time. And with that, the rain stops. I was about to say it probably stop in a few hours if you keep yelling. He looks at you, smiles. Yeah, keep thinking that. Magic. 
and waves his fingers in front of his face. It's magic. Where'd you learn that? If I told you, you wouldn't believe me. I might surprise you. So when I was a little kid, there was this really nasty hurricane that stalled over my hometown in Pennsylvania. And it just kept raining and raining and raining and everything started flooding. The basketball park where we played flooded. And I was quite pissed off because I wanted to go play ball. And I went outside and yelled and yelled and yelled, put my arms out. Felt really good to let it all out, you know, really cathartic. And uh, yelled and eventually it stopped. And I wish to believe it stopped because I told it to. And I'm going to take that with me forever. Sometimes it works better than others, but eventually it stops. When it doesn't, shit, we'll need a boat and start collecting animals two by two, right? Right. That's a bit west of here, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, Turkey. That's where Mount Ararat is. No shit. Oh, I got a plan. I know what I'm doing on my next R&R. Let's go see if we can go find a parts of a boat. Or at least go look for some white doves and sing Prince songs just because. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, when doves cry. Yeah, yeah. So, are you guys coming to mess? Dinner's pretty good. There should be starting dinner here in about uh, 45 minutes to an hour. See if I can dry up by then. Nah, just stomp on through. Gives the uh, janitor something to do to clean up the mud. But it is polite to to wipe your shoes, because, I mean, you don't don't want to be dicks to these people, because they're cool and they control the toilet paper. Does, Does a janitor get paid as much as the rest of you? You know, I never asked, but I'm pretty sure that they'd make pretty good money here. Almost worth... No, it's not. Nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to switch jobs. I've already switched jobs once. Well, you have a nice day. All right, man, you too. I'm going to get some grub, go see the pups, see how, they, see how they handle the storm. Well, maybe I'll see you there. Take it easy, Redacted. You too. Get dry. And he walks off and heads toward uh, one of the bigger halls. And I'm going to go back to Rowan's room and knock at the door. I'm still looking through stuff on the computer, so I'll glance over. Someone get that? I'll open the door. Hey, you're wet. Hey, yeah, yeah, I'm going to change clothes here real quick. Just want to let you know, um, my buddy Doug there controls the weather. Or not, maybe not. He might control the weather. You sound like Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. Pudge controls the weather. Surprisingly, not the most crazy thing I've heard today. You know, I'm trying to figure out if you're being serious or not, and too many things have made me think you are. He yelled at the storm until it stopped raining, and it stopped. You know, that's not even in the top 20 weirdest things that I've heard in the last few months. That's not even in the top 20 weirdest things I've heard you say. Well, just thought you should know. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. Oh, and they're going to start serving dinner in like 45 minutes. Excellent. That will probably be the easiest place to find all the people that we're looking for because everyone responds to the dinner bell. Oh, and by the way, it stopped training. No shit, Sherlock. There it is. Sorry, couldn't resist. It was right there. You're uh, dripping on the welcome, Matt. You might want to do something about that. Uh, indubitably, my dear Watson. River, you head back to your room, get dried off and changed. The rest of you gather what you have, and it's about time to head to dinner. You do look outside and you see that there is about a half a foot of standing water. 
that doesn't surprise me at all. I am going to take the time to dismount the hard drive from my laptop, put it back in the state bag with all of the other things that were in there, close it back up and lock it with the key again, just to keep other people, hopefully, from trying to dig in there. And then I will pocket the key because that's the easiest way to keep people from committing a felony. Good call. <laughs> uh, and then make sure that my computer is... Actually, I'm going to put my computer in there, too, just because I don't want people messing with it, just in case. Okay. I am paranoid at this point, so it's like, lock everything down as best as possible before going to dinner. Rightfully so. So you guys head all on down to dinner? I'm going to go put my laptop away. Am I, like, getting tired at all? Surprisingly, no. You're not tired. I mean, you're always kind of tired. Yeah. But you're not drop down tired. In that case, I will head to dinner with everyone else. You slosh your way over to the mess. There's a lot of folks in here. There's a lot of boots taken off near the door. The idea of them being polite is true. You also see that there is a gunny sack, a green GI issue canvas bag there. And inside you see that there are nice plush fabric bath shoes. And they all have RC embroidered on them. They're nice. The inside, you see that tag says Ritz Carlton. Wow. Which truck did these fall off of? And somebody was walking by with a plate full of food. Oh, that, that truck's long gone. We don't even worry about that truck. Fair point. I imagine I'm in like hiking boots or tennis shoes, something like that. Kick those off, take off my socks, which are soaked through and slip into the bath shoes. You see on a quick glance, everyone here in the mess hall that was not in the mess hall originally is wearing these. A lot of people are wearing these. Is there a place where wet socks are getting hung up? No. Damn. All right, you could stick it in Sherlock's pocket. Not going to get any worse. I changed my pants, damn it. Yeah, now we're all soaked up to the knee. So, you know. Yeah, I'll take my boots off, take my socks off, wring them out outside, tuck them in the boots, and, and put on some slippers. All of the food here is made to order. There's three stations. There's a salad bar. You know, there's a grill. There's like a noodle dish, an Asian dish, and a gr the grilling station and a salad bar. Rooster just looks at everything with utter disdain and then takes advantage of all of it. Sure, let's do this. What kind of meat is on or around the grill? So they've got beef and lamb and chicken. I'm going to make myself up a good-sized salad and then get a couple chicken breasts on it for myself, cut them up and put them on top of the, the salad. It works out well. Looks like it's going to be quite tasty. The salad stuff looks somewhat fresh. Fresh enough. I mean, it's not Bay Area, but nothing is. True. The rest of the crew, you know, everybody gets their food and, and sits down. Everyone notices that Rory's eyes are kind of closing. His head's bobbing just a little bit. Hey, Rory? Hmm? You doing okay over there, buddy? Oh, yeah. I think I'm just, I think it's just jet lag. I'll look around for an espresso bar. We want him to sleep sometime tonight. They actually, you do see that there's one of those machines that has espresso. That like, you push it and it has espresso and cappuccino and coffee. 
Oh, well, I guess that stuff's better than nothing. I don't know. Roy, you're heading to bed pretty soon, right? Um, I'll look at my watch. It's only like 6, 30, 7 o'clock. I mean, if I want to do eight hours, I'd probably get maybe by 9. Yeah, you can stay awake a couple hours, or do you... Well, I guess I don't know. Do you do you need something to help you stay awake? I think I'll be fine. I'll probably just take a sleeping pill when I go to bed. Eh, jet lag's a bitch. So you do see that there is a entire crew of people here, almost a full shift of folks, if not if not more, enjoying their food. The food is tasty and filling. The salad needs a you know, it's not a Bay Area salad, but it's not so bad. Did you want to try seeking out Graham and Bryant? Rooster, I think this is going to be much more your department. As it has been pointed out, I don't speak the language. I'm going to look for Doug. Um, You see Doug is sitting without his shirt with a short-haired woman. She's got a good-sized salad in front of her. Um, After a few moments, uh, Rooster, you do see Graham and Bryant. They're sitting there talking. I don't think I would know what they look like. They have name tags. Ah, right. I would know that. Okay. Yeah, they're play military, so they try right, to pretend. Right, right. Well, I guess that's my cue. Good luck. Godspeed. Call for backup if you need uh, a little bit more persuasion power. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. And I'll get up and head over. You head over and they're chatting up and don't really pay you any mind until you kind of stand there, or are you just going to sit down with them? Yeah, I'm just going to. I'm actually going to go get a plate with like some cookies or something. So it looks like I just got dessert and then I'm going to go sit next to him. You sit down and Bryant looks over at you. He's a short, muscular, you know, military fit kind of guy. Got a high and tight. Graham is a, you know, medium size woman with a, you know, short military bob off the shoulders. They both look over at you at the same time. They're like, hi. Sorry, is it assigned seats or something? No, no, we're just being being polite. Oh, cool. So am I. Here, have a cookie. Ooh, I like cookies. I'm Tom. And he reaches out his hand to you. Tom? Redacted. How's it going, Redacted? The woman reaches forward. I'm Gina. Gina Graham. Hey, so what do you guys do here? Gina speaks up. I work radio. Tom's one of our drivers, and he's just nodding as he's got a mouthful of cookie. I drive. Yeah, I get that. I shoot. Well, I used to shoot. Now I analyze, whatever that means. Ooh, he's still with a mouthful of cookie. Ooh, I know what that's like. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You used to shoot, and now you drive? Or you used to analyze, and now I'm confused? Swallows his cookie. I used to drive and shoot at the same time. Now I drive, and I leave the shooting up to others. Oh. Army? Marines? Army. Oh, no one's perfect. Humvee driver. Eh, good on you. But you know what? I had a pretty good record. Didn't hit half as many potholes as the government thought I did. Well, as long as they were only potholes, right? That's exactly what I mean. Yep. What about you? Radio, you said? Yep. Intelligence. Ah, cool. Something I don't have. (laughs) Yeah, you're a jarhead. No shit. It's okay. You're so pretty. Yeah, that's what they tell me. Yeah. So what, is it that obvious, or you already knew who I was? No, it's that obvious. Oh, okay. Good. And I kind of knew about you guys, and learned about you guys coming in yesterday, and 
She looks around. Maybe the tall redhead that's snoozing. I look over. Is Rory asleep? Rory picks his head up. Yeah, jet lag. It's a bitch, isn't it? You get used to it after a, bit, after a while. You'd think the chair force would be better at that. Really? Oh, he's the doc. Who? She elbows. Actually, she punches across the table. <laughs> you got to go get your uh, your two finger salute in the morning, don't you? Oh yeah, I do. Shit, we got a doc in town. Yep. All right. All right. Well, I guess that means since you know who I am, you know who we are, you know why I'm here, right? Gotten around by now? Actually, no. No? No. Oh, wow. That's a first. Graham kind of like looks at you, looks you up and down. Should I? I look at her, look her up and down. (sighs) If it was two years ago, absolutely. But no, uh, we're here for Ellis. They look at each other. They both look at you. Graham... Yeah. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. So, look. I know. This sucks. This is awkward as fuck. I'm just here to find him. Then I'm out of your hair. I hope you find him. What can you tell me? He's a... He was a nice guy. Trouble... Had issues with his wife or his ex-wife and, you know, his, his kid. I mean, he was just... You know, sometimes we got him to smile. Also, he had he had booze, but that wasn't the main reason. You know, he was just he was just a nice guy. Just dealt a shit hand. I know that one. So what was he pulling a Bo Berg doll? Was he trying to get noticed or something? Or No, 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 no. Don't even put him in the same category as that guy. Alright. No, he he got fascinated with this Black Valley thing. And, you know, he thinks it's not far away. And uh, we would go to a little town not far off. Well, a couple clicks, you know, maybe 40 clicks off. He would have us drive out there. We'd hang out, you know, win the hearts and minds, talk to some folks there. And honestly, if what he thought was real and if the Taliban found it, they would have destroyed it by now because that's just how they how they operate. Huh. Yeah. So what was this thing? So you say he's obsessed with Black Valley, but you kept going out to this town. Graham responds to you. He goes, yeah, at first he wanted a drone strike and he said he could call it in because, you know, that's what the CIA could do. But he never would say why. And then he changed his tone and he said something about perfect peace. Only perfect peace I know is the dead, right? Yeah, hopefully. But, you know, we, we spent some time, you know, out at, out at a village and on the middle of Bumblefuck. And, you know, he talked to people. It's, they seemed to change his mind on it. And, you know, last week or so goes, he fucking went off, just disappeared. He going towards that town or something? I don't know. He might. They liked him there. He said they liked him. I mean, they were nice to us, too. I mean, where's it at? It's 40 clicks uh, east of here. 40 clicks east, huh? That's uh, kind of lowering my voice. Isn't that out of the uh, area we're allowed to operate? I'm not, look, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, I promise. 
you know, when somebody says that they're CIA and you pretty much know that they're CIA because they've got a government attache case, kind of lends credence to it. And really, those treaties are long gone. We shouldn't be over there, but we weren't performing any exercise or anything there. And we never engaged anybody there other than engage them in, you know, tea and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Just <laughs> look, this is weird as fuck of me for me for saying this, but I'm actually just trying to help someone and not looking for trouble. I promise here. All right. Okay. So, all right. You ever hear, so this might be related. I'm following this up. You, uh, remember Dr. Foddy? Yeah. I drove him back. Oh, you were the one who went and found him? Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't too far off from that, from that village. Right, because the stuff I got said he was out in Black Valley when he broke his leg. So he found the village? He found Black Valley? I don't fucking know. He's out in Syria or something now for med. Yeah, he went out there with the team. Um, He got injured. We got a call in. And he kind of stops and looks at Graham. Who got the call? And she replies, Ellis told us to go get them. Wait. Ellis said he got a call from, from Foddy? Ellis said that, yeah, that he got a call from Foddy. He probably got a call from one of his contacts in that village. And then Ellis told you two to go get him. Well, he told Byers, or somebody told Byers, and then we rolled out. Did he go with? No, we went, we went, we got approval. No, 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 no. I, I mean, yeah. But did he go with you, or is he still here? No, he was still here. And when was this? Three weeks ago. And... How's that line up with like about a week before Ellis left? Week before he left? When did he change his tune on? About a month ago. Alright. Okay, so he was already liking the people out there at that point. Yeah. Was he already talking about Black Valley or did Foddy turn him on to that? No, he's been talking about Black Valley for a long time. And you see Brian kind of, he shifts a little bit uncomfortably. Give me a human. Yes! Wait, no, I can't be that good at humans. Holy shit, I am. 17 of 18. Congratulations. Bryant is holding something back, and you really pick up on it. Can I tell if that's something I'm going to need to talk to him privately about? Is that something I can kind of gauge? That's up to you. You don't know. I mean, you might be able to call him out on it now. They seem as though that they're comfortable with each other, but he just seems to be more tight-lipped, you know, more uncomfortable than, than she does. Look, is there anything else you can tell me at all? I, I'm i trying to find this guy. I'm trying to figure it out. Look, can I, can I tell you something? My job's to find him, but... All right, I can't tell you everything, but look, a few years ago, I was out here, still with a flag on my shoulder. Guy pulled me out of a bad situation in a cave-in. I remember his face and his name tag, if you get my drift. Bryant nods. Okay. My job's to find him, but this is personal for me. I owe this guy. Oh, it's him. You knew, you knew him. Oh, shit. I didn't know him, but 
you've been in a situation like that where just that face, you know what I'm saying? Look, I owe, I owe him. He, okay, Bef- the couple nights before he left, because we would hang out and we would come over and we'd drink, play cards. He was talking about for like the last week that he was having these dreams where there was this droning sound that wasn't a sound and a voice that made sense, but it wasn't a voice and a heartbeat that was like a double heartbeat in his dreams. And it was just, and he said he had them for about a week straight and they were the same exact thing. And, you know, Ellis didn't believe in God, right? Not the God that we know. He said that he had seen something that made him question God and religion. And he said that there can't be just one because he saw one in the mountains one time and he saw it explode. And he said it was a fucking spider. And he said that we're surrounded by gods all the time. And he knew that he would be able to get to see one more one last time before he died. I mean, it creeped me the fuck out. But, you know, he was drunk, depressed, all that kind of shit. You know, I think he's that's what he's looking for is he's looking for for that place to end. Um, yeah. Uh, um, did he uh, any idea why is just because he's been out here and depressed or something specific? He's looking to end it. His wife, his wife left him. His kid's gone. What do you mean gone? I mean, dead, gone. How? Oh, it's not in his file. Look, I'm I'm the hitter of the group. Yeah, something happened with the wife in an accident. You know, something back home, and he was supposed to go home, but he missed his flight because he had something going on, and the kid didn't make it after the accident, and. Then those two kind of never got on again afterward. Hell, he never even saw her. He signed his paperwork here. Fuck. How old was the kid? Shit, I think like eight or nine. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Looking at the two of them, do I feel like I've gotten the answers or is Brian still holding out? Brian seems to have given you all that he that he is comfortable knowing right now. All right. Look. Guys, thanks, seriously. If you're going to go look for him, we'll go with you. We don't even have to tell buyers. We'll just take one of the, the Humvees and we'll we'll head out. I mean, it'd be nice if we tell them. No, no, this is, uh, I can make that happen. Keep you guys out of trouble. Okay, we want to go. And Brian speaks up. Not many people know these roads like I do. Look, I get it. He's your team. I'll make it happen, all right? All right. Thanks, guys. Here, Brian, catch. And I throw him with the last cookie. Thanks. And he just kind of looks at it and puts it down as the air kind of got sucked out of that area around the table. River, you walk over to Doug Bull and the woman that he's there with. Hey, you mind if I join you? Sure. Have a seat. This is Redacted. Redacted. This is Dr. Dahlia Dior. She stands up. And when she stands up, she's about as tall as she is when she's sitting down. She's the vet. She's the one that takes care of our bomb dogs. She smiles, a million-dollar smile, puts her hand out. Pleased to meet you. Oh, how are the puppies? They're doing good. They were okay during the storm. 
normally they don't uh, they don't deal with the kind of storms, and they only come around once a year. Yeah, that was kind of crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it's pretty nuts. A lot of rain, a lot of water. I made it stop, though. You didn't make it start, though, did you? Because it started pretty fast, too. No. I mean, I did have to piss, but I don't think that was the case. She just looks at him, like squints her eyes. What the hell's wrong with you? So, so look. Um, oh, what are, what are you doing here? Well, uh, there was a scientist uh, out here a few weeks ago, and I'm supposed to follow up on the stuff he was uh, working on. There's some kind of uh, environmental contamination going on. That's interesting. She, she kind of leans forward. I remember having seen somebody come in a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think uh, Dr. Foddy was uh, one of them, at least. Yeah, he came through the base. He was he was a, a nice fellow. Did you s- provide support for him or anything like that? Uh, he didn't need the dogs. And then Doug is like, uh, I went out for a ride with him once or twice, but that road's been pretty clear. I mean, every once in a while, if something comes up, then they call me and the other guys to, to go make sure that it's not something that uh, goes boom. So you, did you know anything about the work he was doing? Uh, no, he like measured rain and stuff and uh, something about, you know, uh, lithium levels and isn't lithium a drug? Whatever. Either way, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like he went and he looked at rocks and oil and made sure that antifreeze didn't hit the ground in some spots. What? Antifreeze? You know, the, the stuff that keeps your car cool and, and you know, coolant for a vehicle. What do you mean by it didn't hit the ground? Like, I remember him saying that, that it was bad if it hit the ground. Oh, okay, yeah. That's, that is bad, yes. I mean, honestly, in my job, that's the least of my worries because I just want to make sure people don't get blown the fuck up. I guess I can understand that, but still, I mean, you wouldn't want to, like, dump gasoline or oil on the on the ground just a- anywhere, would you? I mean, if you could help it. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm all for, you know, save the trees, save the snails, save the whales. Anybody else around here who would be familiar with uh, what Dr. Foddy was doing? Um, there was a British fellow that kind of does this hermit thing out there that Dr. Foddy and that crew talked about. British fellow. Yeah, he was he he doesn't live too far away from uh from the Pakistan border. Couldn't possibly be the same guy. What do you mean? He didn't have a tattoo, did he? I don't know. I haven't seen him. Okay. See, so, yeah, the the main thing where where I'm interested in is really where Dr. Foddy was uh, doing his work cuz Apparently, there's uh, some kind of uh, a threat to the water supplies. You want to make sure that uh, everybody's going to be safe. Dr. Dior perks up, like, the drinking water supplies or local water supplies or the aquifer or all of the above. Well, it would be whatever, uh, you know, starting with the runoff and could potentially get into the aquifer. Would it be something that has it impacted the fauna at all? Possibly. You heard about any problems with I might I have not, but that's my background is I'm I'm a veterinarian. I mean that could ant that could yeah. Dr. Foddy didn't talk to you about anything. It was actually looking at some bones of uh animals I from the report I saw. Oh. Could we is there a possibility to, to see them? Not sure. 
have to check with my uh, boss. Okay, well, definitely let me let me know because I would be interested. I, if I could help out in any way, I would be happy to. Have you seen anything unusual uh, affecting animals around here? No, no, I haven't. Kind of what a human. Why she she seems so interested in this? What are you? You're just interested in the environmental, yes? Uh, primarily, yes. We're also looking for a missing person. Oh, doctor, the scientist? Somebody who was uh, in might have been working with the scientists. My personal responsibility is the environmental side. Oh, okay. I would love to help. I one, I want to make sure that anything that could harm the animals, we could we could stop because we want to make sure everything's done naturally. But then this area is also. And she kind of looks around and looks at Doug. She leans forward. There's rumors of things that are big and scary, kind of like almost like a megafauna type thing. Are you interested in that sort of thing? Like Gigantospithecus? Yes. That's one of the, that's a fossil, right? I, I'm pretty sure I've heard of it, but I don't know the specifics. No, no, no. It's not. It's, she leans forward even closer. Bigfoot. Well, they've got a regional Bigfoot. Kind of like Yeti, but the Yeti aren't here. It would have a different name. What do they call it around here? I don't know. I would love to find out, though. I see. Okay. See, Doug just buries his hand in his head, shakes it, shakes it a little bit. Uh, with that, I'm going to get a milkshake. I'll let you guys talk about your Bigfoot and abominable snowmen. I don't know. Are those, are those like the same thing, just in different places? or? I think so. There's a story of this place called Leng, which is supposed to be around here. And I think they were here in the prehistoric times, and I think some of them still exist. There's things in these mountains here that you would never imagine. There's rumors. You don't have any, like, any weird phobias, do you? Well, my, maybe a little bit about giant spiders. Ooh, then you should not go in the mountains. Because I heard, Risa, yeah, I heard a story about a giant fucking spider. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. Our story is based on the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 4 is based on the scenario Collie Gotti, written by Shane Ivey. If you like our story, there are a few ways to support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports for each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Tom Padula, M.S. Asnikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedivere, Sherrick Manning, Andrea of the Burbs, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, Kate, DB, Eli the Kraut, and the entity known as George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on the usual social media sites. 
Also, check out our website, www.theredactedreportspodcast.com. All of our handouts are archived there. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you could reach out to Agent Harker through our contact form on the site. The Redacted Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Our intro and outro music this season is Three Ravens by Ed Randazzo and Brett Alexander. You can find more amazing music by them at www.edrandazzomusic.com and www.brettalexanderonline.com. Join us next week when reality melts around the pressures from beyond and entities with unspeakable names and burrowing thoughts dream at us. They wait for that moment to devour our puny, insignificant lives and replace us with drones and clones to control the rest of humanity. Three ravens, three ravens with eyes black as night. Just look in their eyes, oh don't put up a fight. They'll strike where you stand, a slow death you feel. Beware of the ravens or you'll be their next meal.